0: Revival and Extinction, the video games podcast where I play a game for at least five hours and tell you how good it is. I'm your host, Adam, and this week, I use my mind powers to force you to love this podcast. As I play, Life is Strange, True Colors. Or can I share this night with you? Or can I hold you in my own? I'm gonna whisper in your ear I'm gonna hold you close tonight Dear listener, that is right. This week's game is Life is Strange True Colors, which is a graphic adventure video game developed by Deck9 and published by Square Enix. It was released on 10th of September 2021 for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Windows, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and Stadia, and a Nintendo Switch version was released on 7th of December 2021. Uh, directed by Zach Garris, Webb Pickersgill and Jonathan Zimmerman, produced by David Laurentine and written by Felice Kwan, Ryan Clements, Mallory Littleton and Deandra Fallon Warwick. The plot focuses on Alex Chen, a young woman who can experience the emotions of others as she tries to solve the mystery behind a tragedy that happened in her life. So this is the 5th game in the Life is Strange series, third main instalment, succeeding Life is Strange 2. So Square Enix External Studios worked with Deck Nine for the development, and unlike previous entries in the series, it was released in its entirety, while still being structured into chapters. It received generally favourable reviews from critics, so critics praised the game's characters, writing, story themes, voice acting and facial animations but criticised its short, length, pacing, repetitive environments, and lack of impactful choices. And as you guys will probably come to find out, I both agree and disagree with the critics. Overall, I guess I like this game, but I'm going to shit on it for a little bit before I get to the parts I like, for sure. Uh, So in terms of reviews, Metacritic Gave it around an 83 overall. Uh, Destructoid gave it a 9 out of 10. Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it a 3 out of 5. GameSpot 7 out of 10. And IGN a 9 out of 10. It was nominated and won some awards in its year of release. Uh, In the Golden Joystick Awards of 2021, it won Best Storytelling Award and nominated uh, Best Performer who is Erica Mori as Alex Chen and in the Game Awards 2021 it was nominated for Best Narrative and Best Performer, again Erica for Alex, and won Games for Impact. So it's a very much loved game um, by critics and consumers alike. So, with his gameplay, uh, it's a graphic adventure, like I said before, uh, played from the third-person view. Uh, You control Alex to explore various locations in the fictional setting of Haven Springs, of which she goes after she is released from a mental institution, uh, and communicate with non-playable characters through the conversation system based on dialogue trees, like the previous games. So... Okay, Alex has psychic empathy powers that allow her to read and manipulate emotions, which she perceives as colorful auras to physically see how others feel around her at the cost of being infected by their emotions. Okay, so... Working in a mental health field, I understand completely where they were trying to go with this. Um, But this is my first major criticism portrayal in this game. Um, Alex's superpower is just trauma. Um, As you see throughout the game, and as I get to when I talk about the plot, um, she came from a very abusive childhood, was placed in institutional settings for the majority of her young and teenage life. So what we see as a superpower, is just a hyper-awareness to other people's emotions, and being infected by them is just her trauma-informed pathway of being able to deal with situations. For the main part, um, so that's the part I didn't like about this game, Uh, but we'll get to the good part about how they portrayed that power a bit later. So, some of the non-player characters will have more intense auras indicating trauma or hardship they may be going through, so Alex is able to interact with them and this creates a Nova that appears to transform the world around Alex and the character to reflect the elements of the trauma, giving the opportunity for the player to figure out what caused their emotions and opt to guide Alex in helping to comfort the character. So this is the good part of what I liked, um, because fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, those that have experienced a bit of trauma in their life are normally not good therapists, but good at seeing the darkness in others or seeing sadness in others and being able to absorb or reflect that in ways to help other people cope. So people that have experienced trauma themselves are basically good at helping others and this is something they portrayed right in this game. So then we move on to what is by far both the strongest and weakest parts of this game, uh, being the plot Uh, So, this centres around Alex Chen uh, in April 2019. So, she leaves a foster care group home after eight years to reunite with her brother Gabe in Haven Springs, Colorado. So, first up, it has her engaging in an exit interview with the group homes counsellor or psychologist. And I can tell you once again straight up that Any sort of concerns or fears of self-harm or harm to others that any sort of counsellor would have an inkling of would prohibit Alex going out of care. Uh, Otherwise, of course, uh, she was a full adult, which I don't think she's 21, because Gabe mentioned her going to school at one point which in a one-horse town like Haven Springs, which is a mining town, there was no school, uh, although we were only exposed to the main promenade, I guess, uh, as well as the surrounding areas. But regardless, when I, when I first saw that, I'm like, that was my first ugh point in the game. Um, just completely drew away from the counselor's affect of Alex going into care. She's like well don't you make sure that bad stuff doesn't happen again. You you know with like a wagging finger. And any sort of concerns that a counsellor would have pertaining to that. Because you get the, get the vibe that some bad shit went down. Either with Alex as a cause or around Alex. That first off they wouldn't release her into Gabe's care. But anyway they do. Um, So Alex arrives in Haven Springs and Gabe shows her around uh, where you meet the other townspeople. So you meet the park ranger Ryan, radio DJ Steph who also appeared in Before the Storm, uh, the local bar owner and Ryan's Father Jed, flower shop owner Eleanor, her granddaughter Riley, Gabe's girlfriend Charlotte and Charlotte's son, Ethan. The town sheriff, Deputy Pike. Taxidermist, Reginald Ducky McAllister. And Typhon Mining's mine safety manager, Mac Loudon. And the operations director, Diane Jacobs. So, this is a small mining town. Um, basically, all the commerce, all the money comes from Typhon. So... They kind of, they don't really foreshadow it at this point, however if you pay attention as you walk around in the first cutscene, um, they kind of show all the security cameras around and Gabe makes a comment surrounding, oh it's it's Typhon, Typhon owns basically the whole town, so you have a feeling that this is going to foreshadow who the big bad might be, but we'll see, who knows, big corporation evil? Nah. So, the at the first time, or the first real choice you get is when you meet Ethan, uh, because he shows you his comic he has been making, comics being the running theme in particular in Life is Strange 2 and the amazing superhero kind of spin-off one. Um, and Ethan confesses to Alex that, He's going to sneak up to the mine because that's where he gets his inspiration and explore because it's cool. Um, Because he's the only kid in a small mining town of his age and he gets bored chillers. So of course he's going to go and do dangerous stuff. So you have the choice of either telling Gabe or keeping it from him. Um, I chose to keep it from him because I wanted to be the cool new kid in town, I didn't want to ruin my rep, as it were, because Alex is already coming in with a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear of wanting to fit in, um, so the way that I role played her, at least, she would keep that secret. Um, however, like the majority of choices in these first in the first two or three chapters of the game, I'd even go so far as to say in the fourth chapter as well. Everything except the last chapter. Um, The choices don't matter. And it fucking pisses me off about this game. That the choices just don't matter. You've, You've got different pathways, but it doesn't change the outcome. Which, I guess, could be a commentary on no matter what we do, our fate is always set, potentially... I don't know if the game designers wanted to go that way, but they definitely gave the illusion that we could have different outcomes for different choices. Um, so you choose to keep in secret, and you go to Gabe's apartment, which is above the bar, which is the best place for a minor who is coming out of a group home after some long exposure to violence and or alcohol and drugs. Um which is great. So we go up there and Gabe gives us the welcoming present uh, being a guitar and um, Alex does a little rendition of Creep by Radiohead, which is all right. Uh, Eric Mori has a pretty good voice on her um, and I didn't mind it. Considering the sound design was made by Australians, uh, Angus and Julia Stone, who we'll talk about a little bit later, Tree Colours by Casey Chambers, another well-known, renowned Australian artist, would have been the perfect fit. Um, however, it might not have been their choice. They might not have wanted to have chosen it. So they, Alex and Gabe then go off to the roof and you have the option to tell Gabe about your power. Uh, Which I chose to, because I thought, oh, throughout this, Gabe's going to be my ally. He's going to be the one that's on my side when strife occurs. Um, And he's quite receptive to this, because it reveals that Alex and Gabe grew up together for a number of years with their father. And then Gabe went off to juvie, and Alex had to go into a group home after their father left the family, after their mother died. Um, So after that they go downstairs and then they're interrupted by Mac who bursts in and wrongly believes that Gabe is having an affair with his girlfriend Riley and attacks him. Um, The altercation causes Alex's emotions to snap resulting in her beating Mac to a pulp and defending Gabe. So Ryan then interrupts them To inform that Ethan has gone missing. So the three, Alex, Gabe and Ryan, go and search for Ethan in the mountains. Uh, You learn a bit more about the mechanics. Do some small puzzles to try and work out where he goes using Alex's powers in relation to empathizing uh, with Ethan using his comic to kind of piece that together. And they find him on the edge of a cliff face, um, having to cross a log with a balance mechanic there. So Alex then quells Ethan's fear uh, again through taking it out of him and putting it into herself. Um, I didn't think too much of that. Like again, it's playing on on the trauma aspect. It's not really a superpower just yet. So, and Gabe, while this is going on, they learn that Typhon is going to blast the mining tunnels uh, for their generic mining tasks. And Gabe calls to turn it off, uh, calls them to call it off. Uh, Danger close, there's someone there. But that doesn't happen. Um, The blast goes off anyway, resulting in a landslide in which... Gabe who is lassoed to Alice Is thrown off the edge of a cliff And Ryan just runs in And fucking murks him by Cutting the rope, saving Alex And Gabe falls to his death So then chapter 2 We're at Gabe's funeral um, Another altercation with Mac and Ryan Blaming himself uh, Alex uses her powers on Mac And they find out that whilst he was working the night of the explosion, he claims not to have received Gabe's call. Uh, Then they delve a bit deeper and find out that Mac did receive the call. And he actually told his superiors to call it off. However, Typhon overruled and let the blast go off. And now they are actively covering up the role in Gabe's death and pressuring Mac to keep quiet. So then there's a little slice of life event, uh, which is actually one of the cooler parts in the game. In which there's a LARP, a live action role play, that the whole town engages in. Um, has a turn-based battle mechanic in which... Alex and Ethan uh, become a party. It's got full on spells and attacks and everything and really play on the imagination. And Alex learns at this point that she can not only enhance negative emotions, but also positive ones as well. Um, And also, as good as this bit is, there's another bit. Because you face a bad guy who they do some really poor foreshadowing of being someone who's in a really helpful role, and then becoming a bad guy. Um, and it kind of, well, a lot of people would see through it right away, um, if you have experience in any sort of media, really, about a twist villain. Because it was foreshadowing a, foreshadowing a twist villain, not well, Um, because like, well, now you've just spoiled the last half of the game for me, because as soon as another point appears later on in chapter, at the end of chapter four, well, I'm like, well, I know where the fuck this is going, because you spoiled the twist of the villain back in chapter two. Anyway, regardless, we'll get there. Um, Overall, it's a good part. The LARP goes off, everyone has a great time. So then, uh, Alex has to work with Ryan and Steph to attempt to find out um, what actually happened the night of Gabe's death. So they grab the attention from Diane, the office manager, and steal her USB drive, which contains a recording of Gabe's call and a message from Diane's superior, coercing her to ignore the situation and proceed as planned with what we don't know yet. So they successfully steal the USB, but then Alex is arrested by Pike for theft and computer fraud but is released. And here's another choice. You either sign an affidavit to drop the investigation or you remove Pike's fear of Typhon with your powers from there. So then we lead to the big twist. So Jed and takes Alex to an abandoned mine shaft and confesses that twelve years ago, while being a foreman at the mine, he was at fault for the death of several of his miners, which caused him to make a deal with Typhon to cover up the tragedy to protect himself and his family. He shoots at Alex and although it misses, she falls into the shaft. Surprise. As if you couldn't see that fucking coming. Come on guys. So, Alex survives the fall, badly injured, and she experiences flashbacks of her childhood, showing her mother's death from cancer, her father's abandonment, and her time in foster care. So, searching for a way out, she finds the site where the miners died and discovers her childhood in Declace, realising her father was one of the men killed in the accident. So, you escape the mine, and you barge into the town council meeting that reveals Jed's role in both the mine disaster and Gabe's death as well as Typhon's attempt to cover it up and here Jed and Diane both attempt to discredit you and depending on what you've done in the game thus far you have a little chrono trigger council of brain trust, council of judges of which the rest of the town either supports you or not again, Light chrono trigger it doesn't matter Because Alex just uses her powers on Jed, resulting in Jed seeing the truth of his actions and confessing to the police, ending Typhon's operations. So then, moving into the end of the game, Alex visualises a conversation with a vision of Gabe and ultimately decides whether to remain in Haven Springs or seek adventure as a musician, either alongside Ryan or Steph. So I chose to romance Steph because she's a hottie, and remain in Haven Springs throughout, because that is what Steph kind of was leaning towards. So there is a DLC called Wavelinks, uh, where you play Steph prior to the Life is, Change, Life is Strange plot. Um, I didn't buy the game, I played it on Game Pass, and the DLC wasn't part of that. And I only had about three days before it left Game Pass uh, by the time I completed this. So the achievements in themselves uh, you get achievements for chapter completions and finding items throughout and interacting with them. There's no great difficulty to it. It took me 10.5 hours to complete with full 1,000 1, game score. So when speaking with the director's uh, a common theme that the Life is Strange series has been based on characters who have a type of meta or superhuman ability. They're not like superheroes. That the developers said they could provide meditations on real-life experiences that regular people go to. So Felice Kwan, senior writer at Nine Deck, she spoke about they determined early on they wanted their protagonists to be based on the power of empathy not only able to sense what others were experiencing, but to be vulnerable herself and would be able to grow past this as the story progressed, giving her a path of greater self-acceptance and trust in her own abilities. So this led to creating the story around Alex losing Gabe early on in the game as a driver to explore her empathy powers and reveal more about her past as she uses So with that bit of clarification... I did come out more on the liking side, because as awesome as it would have been to have Alex come in all badass, knowing how to use her powers, which realistically, by the age of 20, uh, she she should, maybe, Um, but, you know, each to their own. Overall, the story in the game was solid. I would have liked to experience actual consequences for my actions. Is probably the biggest, uh, biggest kind of piece of feedback I can give in regards to that. Um, if you're going to make a game about choice, actually make it have different outcomes. So then, probably the second best part of this game was the music. Uh, so there was a soundtrack by. Australian duo Angus and Julia Stone uh, and Novo Amor worked as a composer on the song Haven uses theme the game and the official trailer. Uh, Angus and Julia Stone wrote a whole bloody soundtrack regards, in regards to this. They released the original soundtrack. They were asked to write for the game on August 2021, titled Life is Strange, which contained 12 songs. And at the 2021 RE Music Awards, the album won Best Original Soundtrack. And at 2022 RE Music Awards, the album was nominated for Best Independent Blues and Roots Album, or EP. It peaked at number 16 in the Australian Album's Aria Charts in 2021. So, I have been fortunate enough to see Angus and Julia Stone at the Byron Blaze Blues Festival, probably back around oof, 2009. Uh, Maybe when they were just starting out. So I'm over in 2010. And they're they're a solid uh, blues duo. And their stuff has been on par and on point with what is displayed. And you guys would have heard their song uh, in the opening to this episode. So also throughout the game uh, contains covers of Radiohead's Creep. Violet fans, Blister in the Sun. Who... Provided uh, sung by Alex, uh, who actually had it dubbed by MXM Tune, so it wasn't the voice actor who actually did the singing throughout. Um, other artists featured in the game include Phoebe Ridges, Gabriel Apron, Pond, Girl in Red, Alt J, Portugal, Foles, Hayley kyoko contributed to the DLC Wavelengths with their music, and MXM Toon released in its standard play of songs for the game on September 6 2021. I don't know any of those bands, um, I'm guessing they're indie bands, which again, are pretty on brand for Life is Strange. So overall, this game was great. While it was on Game Pass, I am glad I experienced it. If you like Before the Storm, if you like The First Life is Strange, you will most likely enjoy this game. Um, Now that it's off Game Pass, I probably wouldn't recommend it, and I wouldn't recommend it if you like in-depth story games where choices actually have consequences. However, if you like the on-brand hipster kind of vibe that Life is Strange provides, then this would be one for you guys. Uh, It obviously did well at the time with its critical acclaim and the awards mentioned earlier on the episode. So, that concludes episode 30 of Revival and Extinction. Uh, If you would like to... Come over and join the Discord uh, where we have the rest of the Steam Machine production shows, including the Steam Machine podcast, uh, Yab Pod, yet another BS podcast, and Team Retro and his handheld YouTube channel. Head on over to bit.ly/slash all caps. Contribute generously contribute to the Patreon for as to little as one US dollar. Uh, it would be very much appreciated. Head on over to Patreon.com. Head on slash dot com R&D, slash slash podcast. RD podcast uh, Of which uh, you'll, of see, which my you'll side see my series uh, Peak Hopes, uh, peak uh, which hopes starting up yeah. soon. which is starting up and soon, also some and also some additional episodes. special very special guests on that channel. Coming up on that channel. So. This has, so been, revival this has been revival extinction. I'm Adam. I'm Adam. And this is and this the end. Is the end.